Welcome to Witch Yes, a podcast for casual conjurings, witches in training, and anyone who says, oh, hello, when they see an animal. I'm Alicia Herter. And I'm Tara Keck. What, what else would you say to an animal, though? Hey, mister. Oh, hi. Look at you. Oh, also, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm taking a shit, ma'am. Come on, what do you think I'm doing? On today's episode, clairvoyance, which is in the news, and a spell for scrying with flower petals. Beautiful. Very sad girl. I love it. Exactly. Good. Good, good. Emotional. Spring is coming. It's it's out there. Mm-hmm. Soon. Very soon. I will leave my little cave of a house. And where will you go? What are you gonna do when they finally when the government finally releases you from your your imprisonment? I'm going to throw myself into the sun. How are you going to get up there, baby? (laughs) I'm I'm trying to jump upwards. Okay. Are you training? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why my ankle hurts all the time. (laughs) I was about to be like, I was about to be like, show us. Show us. How far can you jump? I'll be like, (laughs) That's why my ankle hurts all the time. So it's an athletic injury. I'm an athlete. I'm an athlete. Just walking is athleticism. Mm -hmm. Walking and falling. What's up, Mama? Tell us about your show. How did that go? I was there. I know how it goes. She knew how great it went. Mm -hmm. I mean, it went wonderful. I was very um, thankful that Field Projects welcomed me into that space. Uh, All of the artists that were in the show were so nice and so wonderful. And like, I felt very much like we were all kind of like wah, 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 wah on each other. Like being like, we are vibing so hard right now. We love that. So it was really emotionally affirming and then also just like a wonderful opportunity to like have people look at my art and say nice things to me hell yeah it's really what i i need any opportunity for that really like you leave art school and you're sort of sort of reintroduced to the reality where no one gives a fuck into the real world yeah (laughs) like why pay attention to me i'm so interesting Mm mm-hmm so yeah, it was great, and like some of my friends showed up, so that was really great, and it was really, really wonderful that you were there, and as we've discussed before, it was a huge ask, because it was so cold. It was so, it was the coldest day it was since being back from the West Coast. Exactly. <laughs> it was awful. Exactly. It would, which made it even more punishing. It really was. I was like, thank God she's my best friend. Like, she's really lucky right now. Yeah. Anyone else? I would have canceled. Mm-hmm. I would have looked at the weather in the morning and been like, mm, I'm sick. <laughs> I can't make it. I have COVID. For you, I was like, fuck, I have to figure this out. Mm-hmm. I have to like draw deep down, find my inner strength yeah. and push through this mm-hmm. while trying to not be like the biggest bitch. Just a little <laughs> one. Just a little whiny one, oh. but not the biggest one. It's funny though. Tiny whiny. Tiny whiny. is adorable and funny. Big whiny is like. Not cute. I, this is not your birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it felt like. It felt like going to someone's birthday party and I was like, fuck, you I have to go. (laughs) Damn it. Why? So yeah, so that was really great. I also just wanted to um, like shout out that I'm going to be on Work Sucks I Know with Michael Timlin next week. Hell yeah. So that's going to, that's a podcast that's all about like creatives 
what they do for a living, what they want to be doing for a living, and like how do they make that connection. And I really want to elevate all of the stuff that he's like kind of doing through that podcast is where he doesn't interview like famous people. He doesn't interview wildly successful people. He interviews like really talented, interesting people who have been like doing manual labor or like working in tech or like a lot of waiters and waitresses and baristas and that want to be actors and want to be artists and want to be singers. The hustlers. Exactly. The Mm -hmm. people that work the hardest. Yeah. And so like how do you maintain like a good healthy brain space, you know, while you are pursuing, maybe not, you're not doing the pursuing, you're being pursued, (laughs) haunted, really. By capitalism. (laughs) And your dream. By the devil. Yeah. Yeah. The devil is both capitalism and And your your dreams. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So yeah, so that's going to be next week. It's called Work Sucks, I Know, with Michael Timlin. And um, I'm going to be on there. Oh my gosh, congrats. But Alicia. Yes. You've got some big news. I do. Tell me all about it. My short film, Good Girl, has been selected as part of the New York Women in Film and Television's fifth annual online shorts festival. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Beep, 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 beep. Sponsored by iWoman TV. So it is available virtually for anyone to see. If you go to iWoman TV and watch my film, you put it in the running for the Audience Choice Award, which the winner of that gets a thousand big ones. Oh, mama. And honestly, thinking about like, what could I do with a thousand dollars? I could pay rent. Mm-hmm. I could pay my credit card bill, just mm-hmm. one bill, <laughs> not the whole thing, guys. Don't, let's not get crazy over here. I could buy food. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I could I could do so many things. I could easily spend a thousand dollars just trying to live. <laughs> For the month of March. <laughs> Just trying to maintain your living breath. Exactly. That's it. You do have to make a profile when you go to the site so that they can track who watches. But I'd appreciate if y'all could help a baby witch out. And once again, the film is called Good Girl. Thanks. Yay. And then in other news and more witchy news. Okay. When I was in Palm Springs for Kathleen's birthday, we took her to a psychic, which also meant I had to get a psychic reading. (laughs) Whose birthday is it? Whose birthday is it? Share the joy. Share the love. And I get a manicure too. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like boop, boop. So cute. And the psychic told me that this year is my year nine in numerology, Mm -hmm. which I didn't know like certain years could have a meaning for you. So that was something I learned. And you can calculate the year by adding up your birth month, your birthday, and your current year. So, you know, 1029, 2022. I always forget what year it is, though. So I had to, like, really think about that one. It's also early. Exactly. And year nine also happens to be Tara's year number as well. How did you know that? Because you added all my numbers? I added up all the numbers. So we have the same. We have the same year number, which I think means we're synced forever, right? That's adorable. Isn't that fucking cute? Don't you want to, like, kill yourself? (laughs) We met some other best friends at the opening, and I was like... We could take both of you. Oh, we could easily. <laughs> Snap you in half. Between our spunk and ferocity, we've got them. And year nine is about ending a chapter of your life to begin a new one. So the whole one door closes, another one opens kind of thing. It brings you to a complete nine-year cycle of your life. And it is a year to complete unfinished business. So we're like ghosts. This cool. is our ghost year. Casper, Yes. Reach conclusions and tie up loose ends, which will then help you to step into the next nine-year cycle of your life without the pressure of unresolved matters pulling you back. So I think we need to go 
and like do a mini sode on this so we can get deeper into year nine mm -hmm. and we can throw out the map of our shit from the last nine years and be like, what do we need to resolve? Oh, God. How so could we get through it? So, a whole year nine therapy sesh. I, I think this. that needs to be a Patreon mini sode. I love it. Hold on. I'm, I'm going to put it on the list. I'm also very interested. Um, and the idea of like, well, because, you know, I'm always like thinking ahead because I have anxiety. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So does each like year one have a meaning? Mm -hmm. Like year two has a meaning? Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. A year one is definitely like, this is your new beginning. Mm -hmm. So this is, we have to come to a good stomping point with everything we need to resolve from the last nine years, which is a long fucking time, which is why I was like, we need to really get into this. What happened? What started happening nine years ago that could still be affecting us right now? How old are we? What year was it? It's 2013-ish. So I graduated college. That's crazy. I was still in college. And you were doing your final year of college. Yeah. Which but is very pukey. And final year was fine. Okay. So junior it was the year junior year that was pukey. But that was half of my junior year, too, because I graduated yeah. in 2014. We could really go into it. We could. I don't think we should give any more spoilers away. We have a full <laughs> episode ahead, okay? We will come back to this. But today we're going to move on. Mm -hmm. Because we are going to talk about Claire. Claire. I'm trying to think of any famous Claire. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I guess Claire Thomas. Who's that? I don't fucking know. I made her up. <laughs> Is there a famous Claire besides Claire's the store? Blair St. Claire the drag queen. But even that has a lot more. Claire. Famous Claire's. Uh, first, it's Claire's.com. Only Claire's. Maybe Claire's just don't do much. Claire Dane. Claire Dane does stuff. She's around. She is in the zeitgeist, for sure. <laughs> and that's it, baby. That's it. That's it. All right. Specifically, we're going to talk about clairvoyance. Oh, how French. How oh, how French. The term clairvoyance is derived from the French words Claire. <laughs> Yeah. Meaning clear and voyance. I don't know if you actually say it like that, guys. I'm you know sure. how I am. But I, th I think so, right? Mm -hmm. I think so. Meaning vision. It is the ability to use extrasensory perception, which is that nice ESP that we've all heard about before, to see images, visions, and the like that one cannot see with normal sight. Those who have this gift, clairvoyance clairvoyance, of course, are able to use this ability to obtain visions about objects, people, future events, past events, the list goes on. So they're just seeing clearly. Clairvoyance should not be confused with some of the other Claires because there's a whole family of Claires. They, there are twins, triplets, uh, more, quadruplets. More. We have clairaudience, the ability to hear things psychically without using the typical sense of hearing. Those who have this gift are able to have messages revealed to them through spiritual beings in the form of messages and sounds. This is like weird, like, like supersonic hearing, kind of. Oh my god! Like you know? Encanto. Yeah, she's got. She can hear a pin drop. Yes, but it's like ghost. But it's like your dead spooky. grandma. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Claire sentience: the ability to receive psychic knowledge through touching objects or people. So that's oh, kind of like really cool. you touch someone and then you're like. <gasps> Your grandfather was the murderer. Something like that, you know. <laughs> and the police come in and they acquire all of your stolen objects. Woo woo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Claire aliens or clear smelling. I thought it was clear aliens. Like beer, beer, beer. 
Not quite. To be able to smell odors that are not from a physical source. You can use clear aliens in readings to connect someone or yourself to memories or specific people of who those smells remind you of. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like that's like a smell that often comes up in, this is going to sound crazy, but like ghost hunting mm-hmm. and like whenever like people are talking about like spirits, like they move through the world and people will be like, oh, I smell like my grandmother's perfume. Exactly. And it's stuff like just that. like that. Yeah. yeah. You have clairgustance, which is the ability to taste something that isn't there. Clairgustance. Isn't that fun? This sense usually comes very sporadically, and it's a way that a deceased family member can try to connect or communicate with you, like over a dish of their famous curry, their famous mashed potatoes, I don't know, their chocolate chip waffles. Like you get that taste in your mouth, Mm -hmm. but you haven't eaten anything that would lead to that taste being there. That's so fast. So it's just like so random. And then there's claircognizance. This one means clear knowing. This is when you just know something about someone else, but no one has ever told you this information about them. It can also be divinatory as well. You know a certain thing will happen to that person. And there is no practical explanation for the knowledge you have about this person. But deep down, you just know. Mm-hmm. This is probably the one you need to be like the most careful about. If you're running around spouting off people's secrets or knowing how they'll die, you'll probably be kicked out of the party. <laughs> not going to go well for you. You will not make many friends. This like reminds me a little bit of like when when people will walk into a room and you'll be like, that guy's a little rapey. Yeah. That's like a clear cognizance feeling. Where it's, it's like, all intuition. Yeah. yeah. I definitely feel that. So I wanted to know what is the difference between clairvoyant versus psychic versus medium? A medium is a person who helps physical souls connect to souls in the spirit world. I'm helping you. We're talking to great Aunt Mary. Mm-hmm. Easy. And she's going to tell you where your grandfather hid the bodies. We need to know that information. A psychic is a soul-to-soul communication with people in the physical world. So this is more like tarot numerology. You're not looking to the spiritual world for any kind of guidance. If you are a medium, you are a psychic by nature. But if you're a psychic, you're not necessarily a medium. Okay, that makes sense. So like psychics are like in this realm where mediums are like a conduit to specifically the for the other. To the up world. Yeah. The but, sky world. But you don't have to connect to the sky zone mm-hmm. to have like this kind of spirit soul soul connection between a living person. Correct. Okay. That makes sense. And which is why some people are called psychic mediums. They're like, I do both. Oh, okay. But you're also, if you're a medium, you are a psychic medium. So it's a little redundant. <laughs> and then there's the Claire's. And not all psychics or mediums are all the clairs. Some are just clairvoyants or clairaudience or clairgustance, any of them, you know. So the clairs are senses. If you have a clair, you are normally a medium or psychic in your own respect, but you don't have to be. If all you're seeing is like, oh, I see images sometimes, you're just clairvoyant. It's like unless you go and you hone the skills of a psychic or a medium, Mm. do you actually become those things? That makes sense. So you can stop the buck at, I'm clairvoyant. Yeah. And be done with it. Be like, I naturally am very good at guitar. Exactly. There you go. But I'm not a guitarist. So what is the history of all this? Where did the clairs come from? Well, I was very interested in like the study of the clairs Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like where we kind of began like this separation of all of these different like psychic practices because clairvoyance 
has been studied by like the CIA in like recent history, <laughs> right? So I'm always kind of like, if the government is worried about it, if the Russians are using it. I should know about it. I do. I need to be in the know. <laughs> okay. So the study of clairvoyance in psychics really starts all the way back into the late 1700s with Franz Mesmer. So this is like the guy that came up with mesmerizing oh the mesmer himself yes mr okay. mesmer i mean monsieur mesmer monsieur mesmer which we could really do a whole episode about but we're gonna simplify and say that he was a physician slash magical boy who married a rich widow and took that shit to the fucking bank and ran with it that's what you gotta do so he conceived of this idea of animal magnetism which believes in this universal energy fluid think about that hold on to that an energy fluid that sounds gross. It's squelchy. It's disgusting. It's stinky. I slipped on it. <laughs> and I fell in it. It hurts. And I'm wet. <laughs> it's not fun. Um, and this energy fluid flows between all things and can have medicinal applications. Mm. Mesmer's medical applications of animal magnetism, which is a beautiful tongue twister, mm -hmm. requires a practitioner and a patient to enter en rapport, which means to enter a kind of like psychic relationship. Where Mesmer would sit close to them, touch them all over, pat, 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 fucking raking the fuck out of them. <laughs> and then the patient would reach a climactic, convulsive crisis and be healed. So is that... Oh, what do you think? Are we juicing our pants? Oh, we are juicy. So <laughs> Oh, we're juicy. I literally Lucy have... Lucy juicy. I have written here. Now, if you read climactic and convulsive as some kind of way... I you did. Would, you would be right to think that <laughs> some kind of way. Because Mesmer lost a lot of his credibility due to the deeply sexual nature of his crises. Oh. It does sound like oddly sexual. Yeah. Like no one else is going to like put you in a corner, look you deep in the eyes, and then just start touching all over your titties and your arms and shit. Mm -hmm. And you're just supposed to act normal. Yeah. <laughs> and this is like, what, the 1700s? Like yeah. people are not touching each other. How did you get through all of my layers of clothes? <gasps> my petticoats. Oh my gosh. And that's, I mean, I don't have this written down, but like one of the things that they noted in, in like the write-ups about him is that it was very often that he used female subjects. Mm. And so you have these women that, maybe truthfully, honestly, have never had like a male touch that they've like wanted or have felt like um, like a loving female or a loving male touch. Mm -hmm. And so like you have this man who's like, I'm going to heal you. And he starts moving his hands all over you. And he just seems like a nice guy. He's making a lot of eye contact. Like, he just seems so trustworthy. Come on. Yeah, it's pretty hot. So what ends up happening is when he invites folks to like come view his like magical healing practices at places like the Societe Royale de Medicine, people are like, is this porn? <laughs> I think this is porn. Oops. Gotcha. And, um, another little anecdote is like one of the people that he invites is Benjamin Franklin. Oh, did, did it work on Ben? Well, he didn't get like medicined, medicized. Ah. He got like watchified and then probably got a boner. Yeah. And he was like, I can't deal with this. I have to go back to my country. The national bird must be a turkey. The least sexy bird. <laughs> the least sexy bird. <laughs> but an honorable bird. But a loving bird. A With, loyal bird. Within the confines of a marriage. <laughs> so Mesmer has this disciple, which you should read here as groupie. Mm, mm -hmm. A obsessed fan named Marquis de Puesegur, mm. who was like, I bet I can do this. 
but with less fingering. Okay. Well, bets on. And the women were like, no, please, we want the finger. <laughs> like, it was the most fun part. So he starts developing this technique that doesn't require any touching at all and doesn't require like this climactic crisis that people found like so off-putting. One of his first patients is a man named Victor Race, who had been bedridden for nearly a week with pneumonia. And some sources mentioned that Victor would be like what people would consider at the time to be somewhat simple. Um, and they put a lot of emphasis on like his speech. So it's possible that he was either nonverbal or had a speech impediment. But what we do know is that we're rooting for Victor to get better from his pneumonia. Like, Hell we gotta yeah. heal this man. Also, it's like, it's back then. He's probably going to die. Really, honestly, truly. It's not looking good. He's been in bed for four days. It's it's over. It's over. So Marquis performs his new technique of magnetism. And much to his surprise, Victor enters this state of what he was calling a perfect crisis, which Ooh. is a sleeping state where the patient is still able to talk and answer questions. And if this sounds familiar, we now call this hypnosis. Oh. So Victor is up and out of bed, and he's talking clearly about his condition, which... If you heard that, he's fucking talking. Wow. He's up. He's like, I've I've been cured. Shit. So Marquis is like, I'm going to be so fucking rich. It's my time. Ferraris. Yes. Marquis and Victor take this show on the road and start expanding this medical magnetism to all kinds of like respiratory illnesses, mental illnesses. And they go into hospitals like, we've cured everyone. We, we have arrived. They, Cancer like, gone. Kick the door open. Your cure is here. Your God is here. Your God he is walks. here. He walks. <laughs> <laughs> he has risen. <laughs> All right. So this discovery of the very real psychological effects of hypnosis takes two paths. One is into the field of psychology where they're like, we're going to fix people's brains. Mm. We're going to have them deal with their daddy issues. I love it. And then the other is into the field of psychical research, which is like, we're going to get into people's brains and make them read into other people's brains. We're going to read their thoughts. We're going to have a whole brain army. We are going to weaponize the brains. Now, psychical research is an attempt made during the Victorian era and beyond to apply the scientific method to mediumship and psychics. So scientists, and it seems like specifically medical doctors for some reason, saw the likes of Mesber and Marquis and what they were up to and said, let's take this even higher. Oh. We're going to the next level. Hell yeah. Level up. Charles Richet, known racist and proponent for eugenics. Oh, fun. Comes into this playground and we're going to make so much fun of him. Great. And his stupid fucking mustache. Okay, great. I'm down. Charles was a piece of shit Virgo from Paris <laughs> who became very interested in mediums. His belief in a sixth sense and that we all kind of had like some kind of ability to do these psychic things. We just had to unlock them. Mm, okay. We need the key. Exactly. You need to work out and eventually you're going to be able to lift that car, baby. Love that. In 1926, he wrote this book called Our Sixth Sense. And when he says our, he does mean like white neurotypicals. Our. Our. The, mine. The race. My race. <laughs> That's it. Our. Which is wild because science has proven that moms of all races can just fucking tell when you're up to no good. That's true. They are the most psychic. They are. And it's scary. It's very all like. All moms are terrifying. They know when you're kissing boys. Mm. So anyway, Charles' hypothesis about the sixth sense is that humans have an innate ability, much like the butterfly or the dolphins, to sense the electromagnetic fields around our planet. And if that sense is honed, it can pick up on subtle electromagnetic vibrations. 
This is sort of like a classic explanation for the Claris and their like ESP cousins like telepathy, but there isn't a solid explanation for how those vibrations can like cross the dimension of time. All right, piece of shit Charles is known for engaging in a lot of experiments. One such experiment, including placing playing cards inside envelopes and placing a subject under hypnosis. The hypnotized subject would then try to name the cards inside each envelope. Charles reported to have had wild success in a series of 133 trials, but when the experiment was performed in front of scientists of Cambridge, and probably Benjamin Franklin as well, Mm -hmm. the results dropped to the level of chance. Whoops. Just guessing. An audience makes it hard. It's. I bet you get, like, nervous. Mm -hmm. Come on. For not all the Fox sisters. I just want to do good. I want my racist daddy to appreciate me. (laughs) I'm trying. So Charles loved going to mediums, and he did so to study them scientifically. His thinking is that these mediums were naturally entering into this perfect crisis or this hypnotic state and using it to contact the dead and predict the future. Plus, Mesmer and Marquis were attributing these hypnotic successes to a universal fluid energy, which we talked about before. Mm -hmm. Very sticky and very slippery. And if you remember from our mediumship episode, mediums at the time were really into this idea of ectoplasm as this like trans-dimensional spirit material. Oh, right. Gross. Which, (laughs) right, like just vomitous. But here's the problem. And it's it's really a problem for like anyone that studies this kind of thing. Is that Charles wanted so hard like wanted it more than anything to believe. He just wanted it to be real so bad. And that makes it impossible to be objective. Mm. And it made him also just the biggest fucking dupe Yeah. when you went to these psychics and mediums because they were like, oh, this man like is willing to believe anything. <laughs> I'm going to make so much money. Ooh, the psychic con artist him. Exactly. So he went out on a limb for like so many mediums Linda Gazzarea, Joaquin Argamasia, Usapia Palladino, and one of my favorites, Eva Carrier, who famously tricked people with flashing lights and cardboard cutouts. Oh, spooky. Like literally just They're like little puppets. Yeah, it's like the guy from like uh, the front of the bank at Chase. Oh my god. So scary. They're like, grandpa's here. <laughs> All right, Charles died an ugly rat man garbage pile just before the Second World War. Now That is not to say that all parapsychologists and researchers were easily whisked away. Scientists like Ivor Lloyd Tuckett and Joseph McCobb, who did not have a whole section on their Wikipedia page dedicated to eugenics, (laughs) studied mediumship and came to the conclusion that they were all nonsense. What? Who would have thought? Oh, man. Tuckett wrote the book, The Evidence for the Supernatural, a critical study made with uncommon sense. And Macabre wrote the book, Is Spiritualism Based in Fraud? Oh, my God. Wow, they really went in. And yeah, exactly. They were like, how are we going to insult these people? I just want my title to get to the point. And both researchers would have said, yes, this is nothing but suggestibility and cardboard cutouts. Ugh. Look at reason. Another day wasted. But what about the Claires that don't want to sit you down in a dark room and steal thousands of dollars from you? What about the Claires? The Claires who just who are just paralegals trying to get through the day and they're having a hard time because they're surrounded by dead people. (laughs) So there were a series of university experiments like Duke University, Cambridge, like all of these like Cornell. 
Oh, hoity-toity. In the 1930s, Joseph and Louisa Rhine started studying ESP at Duke University, and one of the experiments that they conducted was the use of Zener cards, which we've talked about before. Mm. So this is a set of 25 cards, and each card has one of five symbols on it, circle, square, cross, three wavy lines, and a star. To study telepathy, there would be like two people, a sender and a receiver, so like me and you. Mm -hmm. The sender would pull out a Zener card, and I'm not going to show you. Okay, don't show me. And... I would just like think really hard about that image. And I would be trying to send like that image through my brain waves to your brain. And then the receiver would then have to like guess what shape was on the card. Okay. We should do this. We should have. This sounds do this. so dumb. It Let's sounds, do it. I thought about being like making some. Pick a card, any card. To study clairvoyance, the pack of card would be hidden from everybody. And then the receiver would guess and then they'd flip over the card. So that's more like nobody knows the answer. I can't like hint at you psychically. Yeah, I can't look you in the eyes and like – See the reflection. Make my pupils become a cross. <laughs> you like try to like wavy lines. Do you see the stars in my eyes? I do, baby. Thank you. And then the steady precognition, the receiver would guess the order of the whole deck in one room and then someone else in another room who does not have access to like what the receiver is doing would then order the cards – however they felt Mm -hmm. and then it would be like you would be looking into the future to see how they would order the card so instead of like wolf that's a lot it's like so many things yeah unfortunately ryan's experiments at duke were not able to be replicated successfully in any other lab now in the 1970s a researcher named charles honorton was working on investigating esp and dreams and came up with this technique he called the gansfield experiment okay and they still do this today so a gansfield receiver is placed in a room comfortable chair oh good we're getting comfy and they put halved ping pong balls over their eyes like little um like you're getting a spray tan okay and then a red light is cast down on top of you and then you have headphones on that play like white noise so it's basically like total sensory deprivation without being put in like one of those water tanks yeah and here's a picture that's someone doing it i want to do it that sounds crazy that's what i thought I was like, what and what am I gonna unlock? If you pay me $150, I would do this. And how come nobody's ever asking me to do any of these psychic experiments? I don't know. Maybe we have to look them out more. That'd be fun. That would be fun. Some grad student. Please experiment on me for money. Very similar to Zenner cards. Sometimes there's like a sender who's in another room performing performing tasks or looking at images that they're like trying to send to the receiver in the deprivation room. But the whole time the receiver is just supposed to be talking about what they're seeing. Mm. And so then they take the transcripts from those talkings and then try to line them up with whatever the sender was doing. I see. And then I forgot to put this in. And this is really quick because I, I know I'm taking a lot of time. But there was a study at Cornell University, mm-hmm. which was like a computer simulation. They were just studying um, precognition. And there were two curtains. Behind one curtain is a brick wall. There's nothing. And behind the other curtain is um, eroticism. Oh. Something. Porn. Very sexual. A dildo. Exactly. Oh. And so they were like, you need to guess whether or not you're going to see something sexy. (gasps) I think I could play this game. They actually found a 53% chance of people that got sexual images that they would guess correctly, mm-hmm. which sounds like it's not a lot because, like, chance would be 50-50. Mm-hmm. But, like, people that weren't shown sexual images only got 48%. They got less than chance. Interesting. So which actually makes the control group about a 5% chance difference. 
And that's more of a percent chance of like secondhand smoke impacting your lungs. Whoa. It's like significant. Damn. And like their thinking is that like, is it possible that sexual vibes can time travel? I bet alternate dimensions. Yeah. Portals. All of it. That's pretty cool. So if you think that your orgasm can cross dimensions and cross back in time and tell you of future orgasms. Oh. How how do I how do I know? What are the signs? Show me the signs, baby. The signs. Show me the signs. According to San Francisco Weekly, reputable, of course, there are a number of signs that could point to your clairvoyance abilities. Do you have dreams, especially vivid ones? Yeah. Yeah. Have daydreams that seem unusually specific? Yeah, I would say. Okay. Okay. Receive unusual images while meditating. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. Have changes in vision, such as seeing flashes of light or a faded view, especially after visiting a doctor and ruling out other conditions. I've been to the eye doctor. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't really know what that would be. <laughs> I guess like we've talked about like the pinpoints of flashing light when you like close your eyes. Mm-hmm. But I think we had discussed that that might actually just be being dehydrated. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The little like squiggles in the eyes. Mm-hmm. Dehydration. Do you experience strong emotions and vibrations from places or objects? I can always tell when a haunted house is closed. Boom. Easy. Do you see images from the corner of your eye? I, when I had long hair, yes. <laughs> is that a bug? Are you reading your hair? <laughs> Ooh, it's got secrets. Do you have strange words or phrases that pop into your mind? Dildo, 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 dildo. Hey, yes, yes. Do you experience strange feelings or vibrations coming from your third eye in or around the forehead? More so when I had a lot of forehead acne. When I had bangs, it's very <laughs> pungent and active up there. Maybe it's just like the open sores of the acne is just like better accessible mm-hmm. to like all the energy and vibrations. Third, third eye? I have 12 eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have an unusually vivid imagination when imagining scenes in the future? Definitely. Definitely. Do you have strong gut instincts that seem to always be right? No, I feel like they're usually very wrong. Mine are right. I'm right. Okay, okay. I am right. Do you sometimes feel as if your senses are extra sharp, especially when around other people? Is that just social anxiety? That might be social anxiety. I, I feel very prickly mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. large groups. Do you feel what other people feel, or in some cases, you know what they are thinking? I'm definitely an empath, mm-hmm. but I can't always tell what people are thinking. That's probably good. Thank God. Thank goodness. I feel like that's um, just setting yourself up for bullying. Yeah, not a great place to be. Do you experience episodes of deja vu? Yeah. Do you? I don't know. Really? Yeah. When's the last time? You tell me a time. Let me. I, I don't understand when deja vu is. Really? My whole life, I think, might be deja vu. I have no clue. Alicia I never know what's going on. Living this life over and over and over, over again. She's... On repeat. It's my hell. <laughs> we're in. We're all just in Alicia's hell. Yeah. Her own personal hellscape. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know. It's like whenever you feel like something's happened again and you feel like you can tell what someone's going to say next and then they oh, do yeah. say it. That happens to me all the time. Yeah. That happens to me all the time, too. That's annoying. Yeah. And then I'm what like, am I live. crazy? Am I crazy? Or are you boring? I've heard this before. If you said yes to multiple of the above, then you might be a clairvoyant. We're special! Yay! Special Finally. girls! 
There are some ways to identify if a Claire sense would more correspond with you than another of the Claire senses. However, here's your caution before undertaking this challenge. You can always develop more of your Claire if you already have it. But if you don't have clairvoyance, for instance, you can try to develop it, but it just might not happen for you. And that's okay. That's okay. You just might not have it. Here's how to figure out if you may have one or a few of the Claire's. Clairvoyance. Since clairvoyance is about seeing clearly, this sense pops up more for visual people. So you think artists, builders, photographers, decorators, designers, anything like that, clairvoyance might be your go-to. Clear audience. People have natural talents that tend to lie in the auditory realm, including musicians, singers, writers, and public speakers. And if you hold information the best when it is spoken aloud, this may be your Claire. So any good baby witch listening to this podcast that retains everything might be Clair audience. That's not us. I don't remember anything. I don't remember. And I black out during these. (laughs) Who's Alistair Crowley? I have no clue. Claire sentience. These people often feel inspired to pursue careers as doctors, therapists, counselors, nannies, and teachers. Claire sentience is for people who get a strong gut feeling, positive or negative, about someone they just met or get the chills for no apparent reason. They may be tuning into the emotional energy of a person or a spirit around them. If you are highly sensitive and in tune with your own feelings and the feelings of others, so very empath, you may have access to clairsentience. Claire aliens, the clear smelling. Of course, this sense is more apparent in florists, wine tasters, and anyone who creates perfume scents. Anything smelly, it might be like, pow, that sense is ready for you. That's crazy. Claire Gustens, clear tasting. And this one's easy. Chefs, bakers, food critics, people who have like fine taste sits. Fine palates. Yeah. If you know the the four different food groups, what is it? The sour, the sugar. Is that what it is? I watched sour, this. Sweet. Umami. Yeah. If you know <laughs> what umami is and you could pick it out in a lineup. It might be you. And the last one, clear cognizance. This sense could be most clear for philosophers, professors, doctors, scientists, religious and spiritual leaders, and powerful sales and business leaders. This is just a sense of good intuitive thinking and just knowing the facts with a high fucking level of certainty. You just know. So big-brained people. No one needs to tell you. You just know. You're tuned in, Mm -hmm. you know? So you want to be a Claire, huh? I want to be a Claire. Desperately. Don't we all? Desperately. As Alicia mentioned, some folks have it, some folks got to work for it, and some folks... They're never going to have it. Ain't going to happen. And that's okay. Maybe you can go be like a firefighter. Oh, sexy. What a good job. (laughs) Many believers in psychic abilities recognize the existence of a spectrum in psychic sensitivity. There's people that like walk through life with their little antennas up like, Alexa, volume 10. And then there are people with just like a petite little antenna like, Alexa, volume 2. Wherever you feel like you land on the spectrum can guide you in your research. Meaning if you're at a 2, you're probably going to want to develop your listening skills. But if you're at a 10, your psychic development needs to be about lowering the volume and focusing. (laughs) You got to calm the fuck down. We need barriers, boundaries, headphones. Just chill. Usa. Yes. Even if you feel like you're the Oracle of Delphi reincarnated and your third eye has a third eye, oh. if you want to be a skilled Claire, people say you have to master the basics. And people always get, they get all like miffed and, and high horsey about getting back to the basics. I feel like anytime you send someone from high school that was doing a lot of art classes and you send them to art school and then they have to learn foundations again, they're like, I already know all of this. I know everything. And I'm like, 
calm down. You're 18. You literally know nothing. Nothing at all. You're dumb. Yeah. You're You're an idiot. So when we say that you have to practice cleansing and grounding, if you're going to have a solid foundation for your clairs, like you really have to do this. And this is going to both quiet the noise for the twos and the tens. You need to reintroduce yourself to your intuition. Mm. Intuition is like the little tiny you, the small baby witch that lives inside your head like a little ratatouille and tries to nudge you in the direction of your highest good. Because your intuition, and this is big, your intuition is never trying to get you in trouble. I love that. She's trying to protect you. I need those people. Psychology views intuition as the bridge between the conscious and the unconscious brain. And trust me, there needs to be some like Google Translate between these two fools. (laughs) Your unconscious brain is constantly taking in stimuli and is like murder mapping that shit all day long. Oh, I love that. It's on its like 10th cup of coffee, deep state conspiracy from the moment that you're born. And it holds on to a lot of the trash into like to be filed later material, trauma, experiences, information. It's like the fucking SpongeBob episode. Yes. With all of the documents. Yes. Running around like, "Ah!" like, what's what's my name? So good. And so those little tiny SpongeBobs are there because your conscious brain, big SpongeBob, is like, I have to remember how to drive a car. (laughs) And I can't be dealing with all this other shit all the time. It's like, it's logical. It's black and white. It's like a true or false answer on a test. It's like throwing Mountain Dew bottles in the back of the car seat to your unconscious brain as it takes us onto the BQE. Mm -hmm. These twins don't talk anymore, really. Very rarely. Very sad. They barely speak the same language, though their whole reason for being is to keep you alive and healthy. Your intuition is the connection between these two unconscious brains. It's like the passenger seat. It's dialing the radio. It's like making sure that the person in the back is comfortable. Exactly. Like, do you have air? You need more air? You need it warmer? We got it. We We can do it. Let's roll down the windows. No, we're keeping the child locks on. Mm -hmm. Cannot be trusted. And it's translating this like babbling in tongues of the unconscious brain and then says to your conscious brain, oh, we go left here. Ah. And I think one of the big things that people have problems with is knowing the difference between intuition and anxiety. Mm -hmm. So intuitive thoughts focus on the present and they tend to be neutral or calm. Okay. Anxiety, those thoughts are related to the past or the future and carry a sense of dread and nervousness. Now, the word no is not necessarily a negative feeling. And it can be a neutral feeling. I don't know. You said no, and you're like wagging your finger at me. So I feel like I'm being very bad right now. No, I'm very sorry. You're a very good girl. (laughs) And anxiety has a lot of messy feelings. It's very tangled up. And intuition can feel or should feel like a clear message. That makes sense to me because I feel like to better connect with your intuition, you kind of – you need to be in the moment. Mm -hmm. And by feeling anxious – you're not in the moment because you have everything else being like talking in your ear sort Mm -hmm. of thing. Exactly. So get rid of anxiety. Easy, right? Just get rid of it. Just poof. Be better. Just do better. Yeah. We're joking. Um, So (laughs) while you're opening up yourself to like all these like natural inner voices, there's another natural inner monologue that happens to you every night, whether you remember it or not, and that is your dreams. Alicia and I have a dream journal podcast only mm-hmm. available on Patreon called Pill Talk and it's very cute and it's very funny. Mm-hmm. And people love it. And you might be saying that, oh, I don't dream or oh, I never remember your dreams, which is fine. Like if you don't have a dream that you remember that night, you can just write in your dream journal like X or like 
you know, something like no dreams this day on the date. But the more that you try to recall your dreams, the more that you'll work that muscle and the better and easier it will be to recall those dreams. Ah, interesting. It takes practice. Mm-hmm. Now I have a section called energy chin-ups. Ooh, can't do those. <laughs> My arms. These. My body. My chest? They're D's. My chin? How am I supposed to lift this? <laughs> Come on. I'm carrying around extra weight. Have you seen my ass? It's big for a reason. So while you and Alicia are on this big, beautiful journey of being interested in your inner landscape, you can practice sussing out energy and how it affects you. This way, you can identify that energy when it comes up into places that you might not expect. So what am I talking about? Here's how you do it. Cleansing ground, always. Next, feel the energy of your apartment. What is the temperature? What does it smell like? How does your heart feel while you're here? Check in with your shoulders, your jaw, and assign that energy a color. Then get ready to go for a walk. You can go wherever you want. You can go to the park, the bodega, the coffee shop, the mall, your friend's house, your mom's house, your job, and check in again. Temperature, smell, heart, shoulders, run through your body and mind and sense how this feels different. What feelings come up in this place and assign that a color. I see. Now write these feelings down and over the course of a couple months, as you extend it to people and objects, the idea is that eventually you'll be able to sense and identify the edges of an energy field as you approach it, which will aid you in the quest for your clairvoyance. Okay. So we're just connecting. Exactly. We're vibing. We're connecting. You naturally have all of these senses and what you're trying to do is just notice it. Mm -hmm. Moving right along. If you're someone who subscribes to chakras, I'm sure you're very familiar with the third eye chakra. It doesn't sit on your forehead, but rather it is in between your eyes on the bridge of your nose. This is a secret, very cool gotcha whenever little fake witches are like, oh, I know where my third eye is. You don't. You don't know anything. You caught. Persephone. (laughs) So your third eye chakra is this big golden gate before you reach your crown chakra, and that's the one that connects you to divinity. When people talk about opening your third eye to gain access to sight, you might be imagining like prying open eyelids so you can see, but for many it's more like going to the eye doctor and getting new contact prescription. It's like we got to put something in there. We got to do something to help us out. This thing is infected. Yeah. You're not taking off your makeup at night. You have pink eye. Let's look at this. And maybe like getting your bangs trimmed because like you have all of this stuff that's like in front of your third eye that's like clogging up its vision Mm -hmm. and by cleansing it and energizing it you're going to focus that vision and so you can see better beautiful to do this you have to start from the bottom up cleansing and energizing your root chakra and boop 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 hitting every floor in the high-rise apartment that is your big beautiful body now be aware baby witches of people who offer to open your third eye because either it's a scam Or someone is going to do the opening before you're ready for it. And the idea isn't that like, oh, like, I'm absolutely ready for it right now. Like, why can't I see anything? The fact that you can't means that you're not ready. Mm. And it's okay to not be ready. You're just not there yet. It's it's fine. It's a journey. It's fine. So there's this other concept called the clairvoyant laboratory. So this concept is very similar to the memory palace where you build like mentally like this internal space that allows you to store and access information Mm -hmm. the example that i saw was a big large library filled with books and books that were organized by time and place and by opening a book the practitioner felt like they could find answers to specific questions i love that isn't that it's like very visual yeah so this is how you're gonna make one if you're interested in this is you close your eyes Mm mm-hmm And you need to find or imagine some kind of space that you want to create. And think about the energy that that space entails. So a library, 
your dream home, a studio, a lounge, a garden, or actually some people were like a a scientific laboratory. Oh, okay. Doctor. Now, what you're going to do is you're going to fill it with objects, which sounds like really like, oh, of course, but objects are going to ground your space, make it yours, and then also can be used to be filled with significance. Mm -hmm. So here's an example. In your cool library, you're going to put two green armchairs. Not all libraries have two green armchairs. So when you're imagining your clairvoyant library, you can hold onto the image of those armchairs to make sure you're not imagining some like random library. Like Ah. this is my library. It has this kind of lighting and these kind of armchairs. And it serves this kind of coffee. That's cool. Then those armchairs can be used as a meeting place for say guides or spirits, or it could be a place of rest for when you become overwhelmed. So you say these green armchairs represent the place where I meet like my grandfather when I do my meditation. Oh, okay. Next up is organization. So think left to right, up and down. Examples are, let's say like you imagine a Victorian home, like a mansion. Love that. With lots of different doors and floors to explore. secret doors. Secret doors, secret tunnels. Secret tunnels. Oh, spooky. You'll need to organize this space so that you don't get lost and you can have some kind of direction once you begin your search. So... Maybe if you go up in the floors of the mansion, that signifies that you're going forward in time. And if you go down, you're going back in time. And then maybe some of those colorful auras that you've been researching come into play as like colors of doors or books as you pull them off of shelves. Now, one of the big questions we got from Patreon is, how do I know this is real? I don't know. I don't know, baby. If it's real to you. Yeah. It's real. It's real. Something's happening to you. That's real. Mm-hmm. And you're real. I'm real. You're real. I'm... This voice seems real. You should run. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that is a very fair question and skepticism is important and healthy and normal. So here's a, here's a couple like fail safes or questions to ask yourself if you're concerned that what you're what you're experiencing is not real. So are you feeling exceptionally emotional? So I'm calling this the coming in hot syndrome. Mm. Are you going through a breakup and you feel like your partner cheated on you and you want an ESP to find out who this bitch is? Baby, you're coming in hot. But you might be right. But you're coming in hot. <laughs> Do you really, 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 really want this job and you want to ESP your way into finding out if they're going to call you? Maybe you're coming in hot. You can't have any motive in this situation. Nope. You are objective, researcher, scientist, bald ass white man about this. I see. No no salt. No, no butter salt. on your toast. No mommy. No mommy. None. <laughs> no lover. None of it. Um, are you afraid more than anything that if you take your dog on that trip to Florida, she will absolutely get eaten by an alligator and your ESP antenna is just on fire with images of it? Baby, you are coming in hot. It's pretty hot. And Florida's very hot. It's hot there too. Mm -hmm. This whole situation is too hot. So another thing to look out for is movies, media, and things that might be influencing your visions. Uh, The media. The liberal agenda. (laughs) Exactly. Something that I'm so fascinated by is how reports of angel visitations went down and alien abduction stories went up in the 1960s and 70s after movies like They Came From Beyond Space and Invasions of the Body Snatchers came out. Remember that like squirrely, unshowered, unconscious brain of yours? Mm -hmm. 
they're consuming that movie as much as your conscious brain. So if you watch the 13th year on Disney Channel and start getting messages that maybe you're actually a mermaid, you might want to journal about that and then check back in a few weeks. If you grow a tail, though, you are becoming a mermaid. Absolutely. And you should get that looked at. If you can spend a lot of time underwater, like a lot of time, you might be a mermaid. Ooh. Now, Alicia and I are not doctors. Although I play one on TV. (laughs) She is getting soup for malpractice. (laughs) But if you or a loved one suspect that maybe your Claire gift is less magical and maybe more chemical imbalance, it's absolutely okay to go talk to somebody about it. Lots of stuff can make you feel like you're hearing and seeing and feeling strange things. And one of the big ones that people worry about a lot is schizophrenia, Mm -hmm. which is not super common, but common enough that like you might want to get checked out. Yeah. Aside from seeing and hearing things that others can't, people with schizophrenia might feel withdrawal from their friends and their safety nets. They feel like they have to isolate. They have this sense of grandiosity, like a god complex or a chosen one mentality. Um, They might feel paranoid, like I'm being followed or I'm being watched or listened to or I can't trust anyone. Or they might have like a significant diversion from their normal routine. So that's like hygiene, maybe like not going to their job, like they're not eating normally or they're eating really specific things. Mm Mm-hmm. Schizophrenia often manifests later in your 20s. And the big question to ask yourself is, is what I'm feeling causing me distress? That makes sense. If you are unhappy or scared or know someone who is, getting help can feel daunting, but it's very important. And I want to be clear that like you are not a bad person and you are not in trouble. No, not at all. And so sometimes it can feel that way because people will take it really seriously. But like, All what anyone wants for you is for you to be like happy and to blossom and to flourish and have all the good things that you deserve. Yeah, I totally agree with that. People with schizophrenia may or may not have all of these symptoms. And again, we're not here to diagnose you. But if you have questions, reach out to a doctor. And then, of course, when in doubt, journal about it. Hell yeah. Write it down. Write it down in any way that you want to. Bullets, pictures, anything. Distance from your visions and experiences will allow you to see them more clearly with time. Because that breakup might feel really intense at 17. And then you're going to be 28 and you're going to be like, wow, I can't believe I fucked a boy with a bowl cut who did musical theater. And I was so sad for I so long. I was devastated. I feel that. I love that. And Just that's connecting to your intuition. Get better really connected. Is, yeah. yeah. It's like listening in, dialing in. Mm-hmm. What's going on in there? Beep, beep, beep. What's the landline? <laughs> That's specifically what I thought. We're connecting to a landline phone right now. Mm-hmm. You hear the dial-up modem. Boop, boop. <laughs> Someone's on the internet. <laughs> dial, get off the internet. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so that's the Claire's. That's the Claire's. I love that. Do you have any like closing thoughts or like questions that you still have? I don't. Are there any, like, do you think you have any of the Claire's? I'm never going to admit that I have any of the Claire's because I'm going to be embarrassed later when my children listen to this. But you'll be like, oh, I know you did that. <laughs> oh, I can smell it on oh, you. I can sm- I taste it. Hey, go lay down. Go lay down. I know you're not in trouble, but I need you to lay down. Um. No, I definitely, like, as a kid, and my mom will attest to this, like, My mom worked at the Carmel Public Library for many years. And so I spent a lot of like after school time there. And I would check out all of these books about like psychics and like how to hone your psychic abilities. And then I would hide them in between my mattresses. (laughs) 
And like, of course she found them, but like I was convinced, I like made my own Zenner cards. Like Ooh. I was like, I am going to become a magical girl. Oh, she's tapped in. And she's tapped in deep. Oh, absolutely. I'm like, she's I gone. I have a personality. No. This is going to be it. This is, I found it. Do you believe that you have one of the Claire's? I don't think it's honed enough. I think I have too many things rattling in my brain mm-hmm. to be honed in enough. Which I know, kind of having all these things rattling in my brain helps because having one of the Claire's sounds scary. I, <laughs> so I I'd rather be preoccupied, I think. Yeah. But I feel like some of these things pop out, but just like randomly. Yeah. And whether they mean anything or not, who knows? Very perceptive to smell, though. Mm-hmm. Smell definitely takes me places. Where does it take you? People, mm-hmm. places, things, stuff, stuff. The war, the Revolutionary War, <laughs> specifically, specifically, seventeen seventy six. Hard time for my people. <laughs> Gotta tell you that. Not a good time. I love, I in my head, all of your angels, your fleet of angels and ancestors is actually just all people from the Revolutionary yeah. War. <laughs> the real American heroes. Benjamin Franklin's there. And that's why they're guiding me now. <laughs> all right. Um, and to appease Alicia's Revolutionary War ancestors, we are now moving on to... Which is in the news. Breaking news. Ooh. I like that. I like the urgency. And our first story is about the war in Ukraine. With Russia's invasion of Ukraine, there's a lot of magic also battling it out with each other. There have been numerous stories of European and American witches sending out spells for strength and protection to the Ukrainian residents. Pagans, witches, and of course, people of all faiths are sending prayers to Hecate, God, Mother Mary, or whoever they can reach, really, to help spread love and manifestations and protection for these people. Anyone who's going to take my calls. Anyone who will answer the phone. Yet witchcraft, of course, is not a non-Russian spirituality. Russian people have traditionally been deeply superstitious since pagan times. And recently, there has also been many articles about Russian witches casting spells to help Putin and Russian side of the war. (gasps) Evil witches. They're just divided, you know, divided witches. It has been noted that a coven of Russian witches, led by Aliona Polin, have performed a circle of power, which is very, very similar to the cone of power that Gerald Gardner had performed during World War II that we talked about in his episode. Despite how hard the Ukraine-Russia conflict is to watch and keep tabs on, just, you know, everyone, your friendly reminder to make sure you have a clear understanding of what is going on here. And I'm mostly saying that to other American listeners, since it seems like every other fucking country is paying attention and tuning in. Just because it's far away from us doesn't mean it will always be. And remember, this year, if you listen to our fucking episode about the year in astrology, shit's supposed to get nuts. Things are not good. Things are not good. And if you would like to help Ukraine, you can make a donation to the Disasters Emergency Committee, Ukraine Humanitarian Appeal which will help provide food, water, shelter, and health care to refugees and displaced families. We have the link in our show notes. Up next, we have an update on last week's villain. Oh, already? Already. Oh my gosh, you guys. So, paint the picture. Remember that guy, Pastor Greg, who burnt the Harry Potter and Twilight books to make a point about witchcraft and then threatened to expose 
people in his congregation who he believed to be witches? Well, a lot of people don't really like him. Yeah, I gathered. When we did our poll, Mm -hmm. I was like, I was like, what would you throw into the fire at, at Pastor Greg's? And they were all like, Pastor Greg. <laughs> That's a great answer. <laughs> into the fire. So Pastor Greg, you guys, has had a really hard two weeks. Oh, bummer. He posted a video on Facebook saying that people are like now bullying him. Aww. His church voicemail is full of messages with lots of profanity. Lots of fuck yous, you're a piece of shit, go to hell, like that kind of vibe. Someone threatened to slit his throat, which that's not nice. So I know that's not a baby witch who's listening, No, that's, of course. A, that's a crazy person. That's a crazy person. That's not us. He also reported that the church receives glitter bombs on the daily, and they also receive sex toys in the mail every single day. That's really fucking funny. Yeah. Fucking hilarious. And that sounds more like a baby witch energy, if I can say so myself. (laughs) Someone sent Pastor Greg a box that was seemingly addressed from his mother that contained crystals, hexes, and curses. Ooh, spooky. Like, what does that mean? Like, this Pandora's box you opened? It's probably just, like, quartz. It sounds like a bath And he's like, it's cursed. (laughs) It's probably a bath bomb. (laughs) Bath salts. The church has been getting postcards from the Church of Satan, pornographic materials, and pentagrams, which... Honestly, it was only a matter of time before the Church of Satan got involved. Like, this has them painted all over it, you know? Beyond that, when Pastor Greg and his family enter restaurants, paying customers walk out in protest. And many customers are trying to get Pastor Greg banned from his local Dunkin' Donuts, where the pastor buys a coffee every day. Which I'm personally down for how petty that is. If anyone ever tried to get me banned from Starbucks, the grift would be over for me. I'd be done. I'd go home. I learned my lesson. (laughs) I moved to the next state. (laughs) Pastor Greg still stands by blah, 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 blah. Hopefully he's paying attention to the karma he's receiving and that what goes around comes back around. So no death threats, but glitter bombs and dildos are pretty funny to send. Yeah. And we're not telling you to do it. No, I'm just mentioning it's being done. And it's funny. And I'm shrugging. I don't know what else. (laughs) I'm just saying. And our last story is a document which... It contains a shopping list to kill witches. A shopping list? A shopping list. What do you buy? Milk, butter, salt. No. Um, nails. Closer. There we go. There we go. Okay. In Scotland, a document from 1597 written in Old Scots details basically a shopping list for what someone would need to purchase for an execution of a woman who's been convicted of witchcraft. Oh, God. Isn't this crazy, though, that they, like, still have this? That's why I thought it was newsworthy. And I was also like, well, what's on the list? Tell me. What are we doing? What are we getting? The document comes from the Dean of Guild accounts for the Burg of Aberdeen. The entry relates to the execution of Isabel Scuddy. And the list includes 26 loads of peats, which is a spongy material formed by the partial decomposition of organic matter that you can find in bogs and swamps. You can get that for two-thirds of a pound, otherwise called a mark. Six loads of firewood and four barrels of tar. Six shillings and four pennies. I, they had like the little amounts next to them. Really? I was like, this is really fascinating. They're like, I've budgeted this. Mm-hmm. Six fathoms of rope. They didn't have an amount, so maybe they just looked for the rope. I don't know how that works. One stake. Oh, wow. Two thirds of a pound, also known as a mark, but that included the transportation of the stake and the setup. Those all included in the price. So that's like the big stick that they tied them to? Yeah. 
And of course, you had to pay for John Justice's fee, who was the executioner. They would always call the executioner John Justice. Oh, it's like a Jane Doe. Mm-hmm. He's like Mr. Justice. Exactly. His cost was 13 shillings and six pennies. So that's about 232, no, that's about 233.2 pounds in total, making it close to 281 euros or about $307 USD in today's currency. That's like so Isn't much that crazy money. though? Yeah. For one person. Isn't wow. that insane? Yeah. So that's what I found fascinating. It's not a good thing. No, it's not a good thing. No, but, but this is history. This is witches in the news. That Old is. news. But oh. still news. The old Scots. Those old boys. Those old boys. And that has been Witches in the News. Yay. Thank you. Thank you for bringing us this news. Of course. Always. I love bullying. Um, no, I don't. Just kidding. Ha ha ha. Okay, so we're moving into our final segment. And we're, we're just going to put out like this big, beautiful manifestation. Dolly's doing it. She's manifesting spring. Ooh, yes. And what comes with spring? <gasps> Flowers. Oh, I love flowers. I'm so excited for what? The tulips. Mm-hmm. The wisteria. Ooh, so pretty. I love I love a crocus and I love a daffodil. Ooh. So I felt like we were talking about the clairs. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, what's a what's a type of like clair where you don't have to have like a personal gift necessarily? And I was like, oh, scrying. And we had already done like this whole thing about fire scrying. So I was like, what's like a kind of scrying that we don't talk about a lot? And I was like, can't do water scrying. We talked about mirrors. And I was like, I found this spell through the Encyclopedia of Herbal Magic. And it's flower petal scrying. So I'm going to tell you this is what you're going to need. That sounds cool. You're going to need a handful of hibiscus flower petals, a wooden bowl, water, two white votive candles, which are the short boys, the short fat guys. Love them. And a journal. So this is how you're going to start. You're going to visualize a sphere of white light surrounding you and your magical space. This is your protection from all the big baddies out there Mm -hmm. that want to get you and your precious little crystal heart. Oh no, not my crystal heart. (laughs) You're going to state your intention, but only using positive, like beneficial energy. So it's not like no negative words, no Mm -hmm. don't, no can't. Okay. Only positive vibes. Positive vibes only, of course. Exactly. Then you're going to calm your mind. When you are ready, place the wooden bowl in the middle of your altar on a table or on the floor. Light each votive candle and place it on either side of the bowl. Extinguish all other lights so that the only light in the room is the candles. It makes it very sexy and very mysterious. So romantic. Pour in the water until it reaches close to the top of the bowl and sprinkle the hibiscus petals on the surface of the water. And then you're just going to sit quietly and allow the water to settle and breathe. Mm. Inhale, count to four, and then exhale and count to four. Close your eyes and repeat this process until you begin to feel relaxed. So this is you. You're intuning your energy and intuning your breath with your portal that you've created. State the purpose of your magical work out loud. Say, for example, it is my will to see the best way forward regarding my situation. Mm -hmm. Or, will I get rich? Please. Positive answers only. Positive answers only. (laughs) Like reacts only. Now, allow yourself to gaze into the bowl of water, and as your eyes and mind relax, let various images arise in the water through the petals. 
And don't make any judgments. Like we're not, this is, we're staying calm. We're staying neutral about what you see. Don't try to explain anything as it happens. Like you're not looking for the groom and you're going to be like, the groom. Yeah. Like you're just like, okay, dark dog, you know, write it down. Like, oh, big skull, write it down. Because like once all of this information comes together, you might have a more complete, more nuanced image of what you're being shown. I see. And then that's it. Oh, I love that. Very simple, very cute, very magical. You take it away. You try to figure out what it means. Yeah, you take, yeah. So it's basically like you look at your journal and you say, what am I seeing? And then you can always say, I don't understand this. And then you go and you forget about it for two months. And then you come back and you're like, ah, oh, it's, it's always been here. And that's it. Oh, I love it. Thank you for the spell. Oh, thank you for Witches in the News. Of course. And we would like to thank our producer, Marcel Perez, our creative director, Mallory Porter, our intern and researcher, Brian Rainey, and Kevin McLeod for the music that we use in the intro and the outro each week for every episode. We would also like to thank anyone that's been leaving Apple Podcast reviews, anyone that has recently subscribed to our channel on Spotify. All of these things help the algorithm and help people find us. We don't advertise anywhere and we're not with a network. So this is how things grow. So hopefully you'll go and leave us a five-star review and talk about how much you like us because I read those. We love you guys. Romantically. We love you. If you want to find Alicia. You can find me on Instagram at Alicia period herder. And if you want to find Tara, that's me. That's you. You can find me on Instagram at herlovelyface and underscore littlemoss. So herlovelyface is my art Instagram and underscore littlemoss is my private Instagram. I basically just see if you're following Alicia. Easy. And if you want to follow the podcast, Witch Yes, you go to Instagram at Witch Yes. We also have a Facebook group called Witch Yes, the Facebook Coven. And we have a really popping Discord. The sweetest Discord in the world. It's so awesome. I love it. I love popping in every once in a while. To read the gossip, and then I pop out. Boom. Easy. And if you don't like Instagram, you can always contact us via email at witchespodcast at gmail.com. And we read those too. If you, you're ravenous, if you're hungry for more. I'm always hungry for more. And you are like, how do I get more Witch Yes? I've listened to every episode on iTunes. Twice. You can find us on Patreon. $5 Patreon, which is an above, are getting two extra episodes a month, which makes this a weekly podcast. $10 and above get access to our close friends list and more. Plus, they're all getting early access to like cool stuff like merch and like questions about the episode. So a lot of our episodes are led by Patreon questions. And our last episode was about Persephone. And then the next one is about how the CIA uses astrology to manipulate the minds of people and how it's been used back on other people in other countries. Crazy shit. It's honestly, it's my magnum opus. It might be. It's perfect. I was editing it, guys, if I can be vulnerable, as I was editing it, I was like, oh, I did not allow Alicia to talk at all. Oh, I had a great time. I just sat back, relaxed, and enjoyed the show. I was like, this is my thesis defense. Oh, I loved it. I loved every moment. Do you have anything else? No, that's it. All right. And go and vote for Alicia's good girl at, what's it called? iWoman TV, link in bio, or link in the show notes. And this has been... Which, yes. Oh, punch, no. The Sorry. Antique. Oh, one more time. Which, yes. Punch.